0: everyone we're back with episode 227 of the district 3 podcast my name is Edavine and i uh, Migs and uh I was telling you Migs that I think I'm gonna do sober January in the past two in the past actual week uh I think we've hung out twice and we've we've gone to get drinks twice uh and I think that's probably the most that we've hung out outside of the podcast on like a, a weekly basis but I was thinking last night when we went to go get drinks and I said to myself I think I want to uh, run it back. And, you know, I did sober August, you did sober November. And something about like just being completely sober is, is fascinating for me. And I, and I think I, I want to start the year right. And who knows, I might go into February, I will drink on my birthday, though, February <laughs> 27th. Like that, that weekend, I will have a margarita <laughs> or like a fireball and Coke. Yeah. But I think I might just go full on sober till then. What do you think? I mean, you're I, like good luck. Yeah, good,
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm just uh, like I just got off, like, and I haven't really enjoyed drinking yet. I've have drunk like one weekend, and then the, these two times with you Got you nine days. Since, yeah, since, since if I'm, you want to do
0: sober January with me, you <laughs> have nine days to do it. Yeah, you have nine days to like go all out, and yeah. then on, on after after like New Year's Eve, you know, have some fun then, and mm-hmm. then on the first, we go full on sober. but no pressure if you don't want to do it i'm not i'm not adding pressure to you but it's just something that i'm gonna do just in case and this is for the people that are listening that usually invite me out to drinks don't invite me in january (laughs) please i will say no i I might still show up and like drink a liquid death or something i think or some water (laughs) right i'll still show up but um
1: yeah man i just uh like i haven't like i haven't been you know and Mm -hmm. i noticed it like because those two times like I, i like i went out with you man like I mean, there
0: was, like, a few drinks, and I was like, whoa, yeah. I, I am feeling it. Well, I'm not sure if you yeah. saw me, but i just be drinking drinks like it's water, yeah. and that's that's the problematic <laughs> side of that. It, since <laughs> I don't get hangovers, I never get hangovers. So my body is just like, you're fine. Just drink four or five drinks. It's okay. Yeah. And I've gotten to a point where I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah. I but But
1: I did, did think I did, I did a lot of good. Like, I mean, I just... I just haven't been drinking. It's not like a thing anymore. It's not yeah. something that I'm like, oh, like I, let me go grab. A, like it's
0: not a. You got that non alcoholic tequila, so you can just enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, my, my body has just not wanted alcohol. That's good, man. Yeah. That's good. We gotta. We're trying to promote sober living here. We're trying to. I feel like it's it's very. Um, on social media it's very normal just for people to be drinking and 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 sometimes even overdoing it and we do it too so it's kind of one of those things where it's like people are normalizing alcohol let's normalize just being sober Never. and having a good time without any kind of alcohol in our system um but anything else you want to add on that Meg? uh no i think i'm good okie dokie well i'm excited about today's guest that we have here on the podcast i'm glad we made this happen pretty quick um they are people in the community that are well respected not only in the educational field but also just in the community in general for their contributions to just being great allies and supporting people supporting the dreamers here in northwest arkansas and just generally being all around good people um thank you both for joining us today mrs arnhart and mr arnhart how are you all
2: we're,
3: dri- we're doing great. How doing are you? Great.
0: How are you? I am good. I'm excited that you all are here. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I, y'all were telling me a lot about your lives before we even started recording. I feel like we should have recorded <laughs> you know, what we were talking about before we had. I think we would have had like a, a good 20, 25-minute episode yeah. already just based on, on the conversations really? that we were having. Um, but you all are both now retired. you know. Yes. And you, but you all have been teaching for, y'all were telling me, a very, very long time. Um, But I want to talk just initially about, you know, uh, where you all are from. You know, where were you all born at?
4: Well, I was born in Annapolis, Maryland at the United States Naval Academy Hospital. Mm. Okay, so why is that? My dad was a military man and so all my brothers and sisters were born in a different place. Mm. So my dad was from Arkansas, my mom was from, well, New York, but then he met her in California. They had moved there, her family. And so my dad met her there and then from there of course military you move all the time so after that you know all of us were born in a different place so i as a child until my dad retired i was 14 years old i lived in many different places and two different countries besides the united states by the age of 14.
0: what other countries were there
4: philippines and taiwan oh wow and he was stationed there um in both of those places and so so That experience, for me, gave me a different viewpoint of a lot of things because being in different countries, being around people from everywhere, and I think that's one of the things that influenced me the most because I learned to just adapt a lot from moving but also being around all kinds of different people and it really influenced my life a lot because one of the things that uh, really uh, intrigued me was Learning another language, for example, mm-hmm. so being into you know those countries and and being around a different language and cultures and stuff that kind of was what motivated me to end up doing really what I ended up doing in my.
3: But own. a really cool thing that most of us mothers don't do, when he lived in uh, Taiwan, you were ten. Yeah, I was. All and of his mom allowed him to just go downtown Taipei, catch the buses, and wow. go everywhere yeah. by himself,
2: mm, wow.
3: which most of us mothers would not do. But <laughs> yeah. it w- really sparked in him a lot of acceptance and understanding of he was like a kid. Oh, that's the way it is, so mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And that has translated into, I think, the rest of your life, actually,
2: yeah,
4: of being... It accepting of
3: different, quote, different people. Yeah,
4: it influenced me a lot. in turn, I feel, I mean, that's all the experience I know. But then I came to Arkansas, and my dad said, I want to go back to Arkansas. Okay, so we had visited, but I knew I had, you know, we visited our family here and everything. But so I come to Conway, Arkansas in 1973, um, 14 years old, and go to, to ninth grade. And I'm having a real shock culture shock and mm-hmm. all kinds of shock because I was used to people being all together in the military. Everybody's together. Everybody does everything together or whatever background you are in, that's what you do. And then I was kind of like, why are these groups of people the one group of people's over here and one's over here and they're all separated, yeah. you know? And I had to, I had friends that I made that were more like minded like me, but had lived there, grew grown up there. Many of them, they're, you know, Conway's a college town. So the, a lot of them ended up being the professors were their fathers, you know, mm-hmm. and mothers. And so... Um,
1: real quick, oh, can we just get that microphone closer to you? Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of space I was, I was, trying, I was yeah. trying to tell you, but, like, I didn't, I didn't know
0: how to...
4: Um, oh, so, way better. Way yeah. better. So I kind of real quickly learned, you know, that it was a different social uh, situation going on mm-hmm. there, and it, it was real uh, hard for me at first to adjust to that because I just wasn't used to, like, oh, well, you know, in in the case of Con- being conway you know like well black people are over here and mm. the white people are over here or you know and there's not any you know i just couldn't get used to that at first and it was just very strange for me so that was my and my parents weren't like that so i never grew up with any of that so mm. yeah i mean so so it was, it was still it
0: was still partially segregated at well, that time? Well, it wasn't
4: just that it was segregated. I mean, everybody went South to school segregated. together, but oh, so it was segregated. it was more social. You know, you could see groups. Oh, okay. um, you that know, Well, sense. you know, high school's like that anyway, mm-hmm. junior high and high school's like that anyway. But I just felt like there was this, I was kind of like, wow, you know, that's odd for me. It was yeah. just odd. Mm-hmm. I moved here after
1: college, and I felt the exact same way. Because, I mean, like, growing up, I was telling him on another podcast that mm-hmm. I've had everybody growing up, my mom was like, what do I feed? Like, all these, like people, you know, cuz they're just different. <laughs> yeah. And I was like D- breakfast, like, you know, <laughs> but uh yeah. but yeah, but then I moved here and and everything was a little more everybody stuck to their their own kind, I guess, um, if, to put it in lame terms. Yeah. 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 And
3: it all also depends on where you moved then to Hertz where you are moved. Oh yeah, from
4: to California 30. to
3: No, but like
1: Oh, well
4: But what, Hertz, what,
3: what you community you moved yeah, to. The yeah, yeah.
4: experience of what it was like to move from, mm-hmm. from Illinois to Northwest Arkansas. Right, we moved
3: here in the same year, actually, Mm -hmm. but to Siloam. Okay. And uh, from Northern Illinois, we live about Mm. sixty miles west, northwest of Chicago. And um, even though in Siloam at the time, with exception to my Cherokee friends, uh, was dominant, predominantly white. And um, but I didn't speak the same English mm. that they spoke, and my northern nasa, nasality yeah. didn't translate well to Arkansan speak. Mm. We're and, talking about um, soda pop. so it's pop pop, pop. pop. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I have a friend from here, and we. she goes, do you want a soda? And I'll say, no, I'd like a pop. And she's <laughs> like, ah. Uh. <laughs> but um, it was very different, just the culture mm. and being a new kid mm. where everyone had been in school together almost all of their lives, too. Mm. But um, I, well, I... I'm pretty friendly, so I adapt well to most situations, and I'm okay to be by myself. So it it wasn't hard. What was hard was that being from, in that time, being from a northern state mm-hmm. coming here where people had only lived in Arkansas. No. See, because now you don't find a lot of people that were born yeah, here. yeah. Especially that, you know, are older. So Mm. even in our classes, a lot of our students weren't born in northwest Arkansas. And at that time, everybody was born here, stayed here, lived here. And so to have someone coming, they had no idea. What do y'all, what do y'all eat? Well, we eat the same things (laughs) as you (laughs) Although I'd never seen poke salad or Mm. eaten okra until we moved oh, yeah. here I
1: never really tried to or here either.
3: there's a lot of different things my dad was from Missouri so we did get biscuits and gravy and things like mm. that but I had never seen uh,
1: chocolate gravy right yeah, <laughs> yeah <and> chocolate gravy
3: <laughs> tomato gravy that's aunt Vera Mae that's his his aunt oh, okay. but um I'd never had anything like that or my dad had always talked about poke salad because they were very poor and
2: mm.
3: poke salad grows wild and you have to oh. almost beat it up, collard greens, things like that. I'd never seen or eaten until we moved here. So for me, food and and just speech, like, mm. they were very, very, it was very different. And that was in the 70s when, we, when you moved Yeah, here. 1973 is when we moved mm-hmm. to Siloam.
0: And then... Um, when when did y'all meet each other?
3: <laughs> okay, so we both. <laughs> so this is this story. is nerds, and, and for those of us that know how much this is a nerdy those, podcast so for those okay. people that are hearing that know how much we love uh, Spanish and Spanish is our life. Um, but let's
4: say one thing this was something that was going on before we ever met because mm-hmm. I right. started taking it in high school and I was just uh, that languages were my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she started doing it in, in high school, but she was in Siloam Springs. I was in Conway. And so we were both doing that same thing right. at the same time without even knowing each other. Uh, but yeah. then in our so, senior year, she can tell. The so story. we, uh, a <laughs> we group met.
3: of us from Silo, my teacher, uh, Mrs. Clemens, who changed my whole life, uh, Mrs. Clemens, had a friend who was the uh, director del Colegio Americano in Durango, Durango, Mexico. And she always took the third-year students to Mexico and in exchange, and then they would come here and stay with us. And so a whole group of us had gone to Mexico the year before, our junior year, and um, made friends, it just opened my life really made me understand who I was. Like, I never felt like I belonged anywhere until I started learning Spanish. So Mm. Spanish, I found where I belonged. And it's a strange thing, but uh, anyway. And so the next year, we were all taking Spanish uh, three or four. And for the first time ever, Siloam allowed students to go to Conway to take the national Spanish test, which we never got to do before. And the principal was nervous, and they said, just go, make sure you behave, meet people. <laughs> okay. So all of us, there's like seven or eight of us from Siloam are in the line to sharpen pencils. That's what you did back then. Wow. and. We're sharpening pencils, and we're talking, and I turn, and I see this super cute <laughs> pink guy with a yellow afro that went to his shoulder. I've seen pictures. And I was like, oh, well... They told us that we needed to make friends and talk to people. You met someone, so right. I turned around and I said, Hi, <laughs> how are you? And he wasn't as chipper about meeting me, and he said, I'm from Conway. I was like, Oh, you came along my-. anyway. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, well, and let me say, I was uh, a lot more introverted. I am an introverted person mm-hmm. generally, but. <laughs> even more so then yeah. and so and plus and i i was from conway and this was held at hendrix college so you know they didn't have them on computer and you know online mm-hmm. like they do now so we all everybody had to go to the same place to take the test so I'm there, and what did I do? I came what a couple of miles to the school to take the test from by my mom. himself. So she goes, "Where are you from?" And I said, uh, "Conway," <laughs> you know. And I was I'm like, "Oh," and well. I'm thinking, you know, she just came off really like kind of weird to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind <laughs> which went, can say I do that. Yeah, she, she does, and I over the years I I see this all the time. Like she she just is very you know has a very you know overwhelming. Uh, personality everything to people when they first meet her sometimes <laughs> the they just kind of go is this lady for real or what but but anyway so i said i'm from conway and she went oh you were really far didn't you You oh, know and i'm like well, maybe a couple miles uh, yeah. you know no fun sir yeah <laughs> so we competed
3: he yeah. beat me of course he got like third place i got seventh and we went on uh, and i wasn't supposed to i thought i would go to um I wanted to go to a different university, and uh, my mom wouldn't let me, so I chose UCA because of the special ed and language. Yeah, uh, really great programs. programs i think and you're gonna say because of
0: tom but no I, well, See, that was the I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about him because you know there
3: when, are <laughs> other fish in yeah. the sea and I,
4: and I was planning on going there anyway because yeah. i that literally once he again lived i lived it. literally next door oh, wow. to it you know anyway mm-hmm. and so you know that was the plan i was going to go there so the first, first day they
3: brought us all in the auditorium yeah and they say english department Everyone's studying English, so there's, so there's like a hundred, and math and science are a billion, and they say <laughs> world languages, and there's like five of us, <laughs> <laughs> and we stand up, and I look across the, across the auditorium yeah. and see that giant Afro, <laughs> I like the way, I like and the way I, describes I you. tell my, I tell my roommate, <laughs> I tell my roommate, oh, Lisa. And she goes, who? Oh, and I said, I'll tell you
2: later. <laughs> oh, my
3: gosh. And so, and so, what was really funny is that I had met everybody because of who how I am
4: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> in different competitions around. Throughout. I actually. had met yeah. all mm-hmm. of the people that were in the program. Mm-hmm. They didn't know each other, but all uh, of them knew oh, okay. who I was. And so. Right so uh
4: so we all get up there and they say go to your department you know thing whatever you know so all the people are going to their different departments so we all go up there and then here we are standing there, and it's a small group of people. So, and of course, she's like, I remember you, you, and I remember you at a competition or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and then she pointed, you know, and she remembered me. And, and so, you know, it was kind of like, you know, but she knew everybody. Forget, though. And, well, I don't know about that. Because you're so cute. But <laughs> she she knew everybody, you know, and it was just like, and then, it, you know, it was kind of clicking in my brain that I remembered, mm-hmm. you know, her from, also from the, you know, from that test you know previously and that was only a matter of from April to August because it was our senior year we you know graduated from mm-hmm. our high schools and then we went to UCA in this fall. So it takes that first that first step. To
2: so
3: we had to be <laughs> tested. Back then you took tests and yeah. they actually put they you in where you deserve to be put. So mm-hmm. we were gonna take a placement test and of course I arrived like three minutes ahead and he always arrives like 20 minutes ahead and I started to go to the back, and he goes, no, no, no. I saved you a seat. <laughs> and inside I was like, Whoa! But, sorry, I hurt your ears. No, but outside, I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and then from then on, we were, we've but always been best we friends. We took the
4: placement test, and of course, we were in about the same level. And then we ended up in the same classes of Spanish. And then we, we just went from there on the rest years. of our, you know, like taking the same, we, we were in the same program. So, so um we just went from there, and, mm-hmm. and we went through school, and you know, got our degree, and then yeah. her Durango connection brought uh-huh. us to Durango when we graduated. We went there the next year, we were
3: offered a, a position in Guadalajara
4: uh-huh. yeah, to teach English
3: at the Centro Norte Americano um, Mexicano uh-huh. there, yeah. and I wrote to my friend, who actually we still have friend, I still have friends from oh. back in. 76 when we went, and um, so I wrote to her and I said, well, at least we'll be able to be in the same country because I'm going to be in Guadalajara, and she said, no, no, come. our whole family goes to the colegio, just come to the colegio. So the director came up to Arkansas, actually, and interviewed us and said, yeah, you have a job. We married at the end of May. A couple weeks later, we packed everything and went to Durango. And, well, actually, we went to Puerto Vallarta for honeymoon. Mm. And then we took the buses all the way up the coast and into Durango but we didn't know that there're different types of buses that you can take right mm-hmm. so we were we got that experience right away with the uh, abuelitas with the tortillas with the, that would yeah, feed you and, they were and the us and the, the gallos in your face <laughs> and <laughs> people just setting their children on your lap
4: so we that already best thing. that was the best thing though it
3: was the best experience Beautiful. and Beautiful. uh we went not knowing if we were going to be custodians or <laughs> teachers or, mm, yeah. but I ended up teaching first grade. And Tom Te- taught junior high, and that started our uh,
2: forty-two
4: yeah, now first year, 81, 40. 82 school year. And so that
3: started our long trajectory with uh, our family in, in Durango. Mm-hmm. We have a lot mm-hmm. of.
2: Family well, there.
4: a couple years ago, we went. To, uh, we were visiting, and we went. Two of the girls that were in her first grade class were five years old forty years ago, or now. You know, they came to have lunch you know, with us. They came yeah. with us. Uh, we met them, and and they have families and kids. And, you know. and their
3: mom came. It was really cool. Yeah. And switching
0: it up a little bit to Spanish. You know, let's, let's, we're bilingual. Oh, okay, uh, let's, yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Queremos un español. ¿Cuál, ¿Cuál fue una de las mejores experiencias que tuvieron allá en México cuando estaban estudiando? Como like algunos de mejores takeaways. Cuando que...
3: vivimos en Durango.
0: Ajá, cuando estaban enseñando, no okay. eran maestros allá. Ahora
3: me vas a, a hacer llorar de nuevo. Mm. Verdaderamente, yo siempre digo que lo que soy yo, no puedo hablar de él, pero creo que entre nosotros, como pareja, primeramente conocimos a un... Una pareja mexicana que nos brindó cariño, amor, mm. pero nos enseñó cómo debe de portarse una pareja, mm. un matrimonio. Y nos enseñaron mucho porque las relaciones entre nuestros padres eran un poco difícil, vamos mm. a decir. Y por eso este nos enseñaron esto y ahora son nuestros hermanos, o sea, mm-hmm. compartimos sus hijos y todo. Wow. Aprendimos, mm-hmm. o sea, como pareja aprendimos de ellos como ser matrimonio, como mm-hmm. pareja, como equipo, como equipo, mm-hmm. no solo amantes, pero mm-hmm. equipo, amistad, amor, mm-hmm. todo todo y el respeto que Debe de haber en una pareja mm. y ya ya lo ya lo teníamos entre nosotros, pero ver el modelo, el ejemplo, fue mm. algo muy muy precioso. Eso es Patín y Ricardo. Mm. Muchas mm. historias de ellos. Ah, en eh, el no, noviembre yeah. fuimos, fuimos a verlos. A, a fuimos a, verlos. a ver a Patín. Ma, Ricardo falleció, mm-hmm. pero fuimos a ver a toda la familia, los nietos todos, o sea. Eh, ¿En qué año y, se
0: casaron ustedes?
3: En el, ochenta el 81.
0: 81. Okay, entonces ya ya casi van para ya están sacando 50 años de matrimonio yeah. en los próximos años. Mm-hmm. Los Tenemos próximos, eh, juntos
3: wow. desde el 77.
0: No, oh, wow. And what do yeah. you what do you think is is some advice that you give to people as a as a couple that's been, you know, lasted that
4: long? what is some some good advice that you give to wow. some young couples i always say the number one thing is a sense of humor okay i which, was gonna say you better watch of course it. <laughs> this, <laughs> <laughs> this lady has everybody that knows her never lacks with that right she's always funny or saying something funny or off the wall or crazy or whatever and you know i i w- i don't think that i would say i didn't have a sense of humor i did but you did i you was said? much i did i mean <laughs> before i met her yeah. i i had <laughs> one but it was much more Uh, I don't know, maybe a little more reserved, and I was a little more (laughs) introvert, Way introverted. But uh, I just saw that you know she just was so uh, that's something that I feel like as a couple. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're saying what's the most important thing, I think it's that. Well, of course, you know you have to love each other, but you have to have that bond. But you also, uh, I think, humor helps a lot because. Sometimes you take things too seriously, yeah. maybe, or, I mean, you have to be serious about certain well, things.
3: Well, life is hard. And, right. I guess you guys know. Mm-hmm.
4: But you yeah. gotta, you got to step back a little bit and not be so serious that, you, it, it, you know, it breaks you apart or, it, you know, I, I think it's better to have that sense of humor kind of element in there. Mm. And that, to me, is the most important thing. I don't know what she would say. but
3: Well, you know. here's what I think. A lot of people say, oh, I found my other half. Oh. I did not find my other half. I am a whole person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I do not need another half. Yeah. I am fine alone.
2: Mm-hmm. He
3: is fine. We are very well developed ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We choose to walk through life together. Mm-hmm. And we choose in the hardest times And in the worst times, and we've had a lot of really hard times. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you about that on the radio. Someday if you want to hear it, (laughs) you can hear it. And we've had a lot of... And that's something I think people that see us don't know, don't understand that we've had a lot of things that in our families that have happened that... Mm -hmm. um, but what hap- what it is is that we have always been a united front.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We always support each other, no matter what. Mm. We always, we always, uh, I, and I'm gonna tell you, I, to I'm the one that always has, <laughs> and we talk about everything. Yeah. And, and we listen, and even if we don't understand, or we don't, we just, you have to listen you have to you have to let the other person be who they are too because Mm. they're not going to change because you want them to change what What you see is what you get (laughs) poor tom is what he got is this and this is (laughs) how i have been my whole entire life and if he wanted a quieter woman well i'm sorry (laughs) that's not going to happen yeah um
4: but I would, that's the thing is, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want her to change anything, you know. At and all. if
3: I wanted him to change, you know, that's that's, but that's ludicrous. Not, you, you find that person, that and if whatever change, the, those qualities are that you've fell in love with, mm-hmm. should outweigh the 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 things of putting things in random places where you can't find them.
4: <laughs> or this this woman wakes up every morning with whatever song got in her head, uh, either from the night before or while she's sleeping. She she sings it all, all day long. All, well and yeah but gets up doing it you know like singing <laughs> it and it's like okay I know I have no idea where that came from. The, f- but the funny <laughs> she,
0: part is that Myra, I got on Myra's nerves yesterday for the exact same thing. Oh, <laughs> I had a song and, it's and so I was funny. singing it over and over again and she was like, can you just listen to this song? Stop (laughs) singing it. I mean, I heard it. That's why I'm singing it. And it's just, I'll wake up with him. I'm going, you're welcome.
3: You're welcome. This is the song I woke up with. Mm. You're welcome. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God. But I really think that a lot of times, and a lot of times, here's my theory on not just a relationship, but on life. If it's not going to change your life tomorrow, don't fight about it. There's, I mean, if it's something that you believe to your death in, go for it. But if it's because he uh, puts 50 things on top of the refrigerator (laughs) and you can't find them, Mm -hmm. you know what? Are you going to, is that, uh, do you need an argument about that or do you just put that in the court box?
0: (laughs) You know, that's just what you do. You put that
3: in the court box. Um,
0: I say it differently. I say, like, I just take, you know what, you know what taking an L means? Yeah. Take you it. you just take a loss? <laughs> I just be taking Ls. There's some things that, like, there's some things worth fighting for, but there's some things where, like, I don't even want to argue about it. So I'm like, I'm just taking this L. Like, it's, and then everything's fine and dandy, you and know? And because,
3: and if it's something that you really believe in, you never take the L.
0: Hmm. True.
3: But if it's something that. True. Like I said, if it's going to change your life tomorrow, then do that. And we have always been present for each other Mm -hmm. you know i believe that uh, you must be present to win and that's not just in bingo that's in (laughs) that's in life in friendships in being a mom or a dad being present with your kids Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean just physically hey i'm sitting here i mean being actively present with that those people that you love and as a couple, we have always been actively present with the people that we love. Mm. And, well, we try to. We're n- we fail a lot, but we mm-hmm. try really kind of hard impossible. to be present as teachers, present as parents, present mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and by, hold on tight.
4: By it, any, means, any means. I mean, that's obviously not easy to do when you think about all the different aspects of your life. Uh, Relationship you have with all the people that are around you you know you you can't i mean you can do your best to try to be like that as much as possible but i mean you know and you don't always you might fail sometimes but you mm-hmm. know you should try your best to do that that's mm-hmm. the whole point of you know being a human being, right?
0: When I was talking so. about taking L's, you seemed like you had an opinion, Migs. Were you to oh. say something? Oh yeah. I, I was
4: gonna be taking
1: L,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't I don't subscribe well, I don't wanna say I don't subscribe because I just find it I don't like the phrase uh happy wife, happy life because ooh, I feel ooh. like I feel like dudes say that and it's kind of condescending and it's kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know, it just kind of it kind of feels negative to me. But Thank you. I do think, though, that as a man, sometimes uh, I feel like women are more detail-oriented than we are, and that can be seen as a negative or a positive. I don't know how that's seen. <laughs> it's a negative a lot for me, at, at least, because I don't. Because I just I'm the kind of person. Maybe it's because I'm a ca- from California, where I'm just kind of chill and like. No, you're a pro- man. That's right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I hate Is to that be yeah, sexist.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But we there, women. We women, uh, we had this friend that said women have too many moving parts. Mm. (laughs) And when you think about it, because we have so many moving parts, we have to think ahead. And we have to think about all of the different things that are going on in us Mm. and in our world that what's going on in us affects. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's, and one thing, and I'm over like... I'm extra in everything that I do, mm-hmm. everything, everything, and uh, I just learned that's part of anxiety. I didn't uh, know that yeah. until recently.
4: Mm-hmm. Look what you just said, Cassandra, our, our, our younger daughter. What was it she said? She said, said "Mom, could
3: said? you? How did you not know that I had anxiety because I wanted to make all A's and I wanted to this just and I wanted this and." <laughs> of this, and I was like, I didn't know. I oh, just yeah. was thinking, well, good. You're like me. <laughs> I didn't know. And she <laughs> got no, smart. <laughs> I said, I just thought it was normal. Yeah. But yeah. that's one thing that you know, I I always have thoughts. I always ha- am planning. I always have more. I always want more. I always do more. I always, uh, if you say, do you want? Um, we had a student in Forest City that said. Uh, you give Miss Arnhardt a, a box of a toothpicks. toothpicks and some glue, and she'll make you a dinette set. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. that's how I roll. Yeah. And one of the cool things is, is that <laughs> Tom has always let me be that way, mm. unless it's to the point where I'm not tending to my physical needs mm-hmm. or sleeping or doing. And then he says, you know, you need to reel it in, yeah.
0: back down. That's good to have that balance, though. Yeah, have a partner. I think that's one of the best things about a relationship or a partner. That's a good partner is someone that holds you accountable and someone that like reels reels you in when right. they see that either you're doing too much or you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's or you know,
3: let's low. get off the chair and let's go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. You know, so when you know, I was
3: working at the university. Uh, when I was getting my PhD and I was in the Latino office, mm-hmm. there were all of these, like, events, events, events. And I would say, yeah. honey, will you come? And he was like, oh.
4: Because <laughs> okay, he doesn't want to go to events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> why well, did I say that? Yeah, Explain. Well, he didn't want to <laughs> dress like, up. There's one he's reason. Like, he's like, for the he people listening. He didn't want to dress up. I feel you.
3: And
0: That's
4: so,
3: you. So, <laughs> so, and I like to. So,
0: Am I am I am I like think? Are you, you're kind of like a like a Hawaiian shirt kind of guy, right? Just chill kind of t-shirt yeah, kind I'm of more just like t-shirt.
3: That, yes, a button. If he has to wear a, a shirt that buttons up, that's really really good. Mm. Really good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ties. I hate I ties that, and
4: though. suits, though. That's my problem. I feel that. And, and
3: I was raised by a mom to wear that. Everything must be, you
2: know, like appropriate. Oh, really? Appropriate. Uh-huh. Although. Mm.
3: I was the bane of her existence because I'm, I'm appropriate when I have to be, yeah, but, but any other time I'm, I'm just really chill. not appropriate and I wear what I want, <laughs> and ha- and so, uh, but I like to go to events and That's I it. like to dress up and you know every sc- mm-hmm. at school every crazy hair day or oh, yeah, you yeah, know there. how they do that. Oh yeah. I have all mm. of the stuff. It's my, yeah. but he's like, Oh,
0: <laughs> so then y'all y'all lived for how long in, in Mexico?
3: We just lived one year, but one we year? went, we go, we went back every year oh, okay. until uh, actually, or, until the cartels got so bad, yeah, bad that we couldn't, cause
4: we used to drive well, to the border would tell us sometimes like, well, when you come, you need to do this or do that. Back like, in the day
0: you could just drive and it'd be chill. Nowadays you go over there, they see you with a nice truck. They want like $500. We, used to, uh,
3: we used to to drive to the border to Juarez where one son lives and uh, the hermanos lived, mm-hmm. and then we would take the bus. Even we, we took our kids when they were yeah. babies,
2: yeah.
3: and we would take them on the bus, so our kids grew up. Durango is like, you know, you go to your abuelita's house, they went to Abuelita Valenzuela's house. Mm-hmm. So our kids grew up where Durango was going to visit the abuelitos mm-hmm. and the tios. And so um, as babies, we used to take the bus in when they were babies. And then it got s- so bad that, you know, well, northern I can pass in northern Mexico, <laughs> but other people can't, unless he dresses like a Mennonite. Well, I think
4: I'm a Mennonite. If he
3: dresses like a Men- Mennonite, then, you know, he could.
1: <laughs> mm, but That's I'm interesting. A Mennonite?
4: Yeah, because in Durango, uh, there's colonies of Mennonites that live and around Chihuahua the city, uh, outside of the okay. city of Durango, the capital. So when I was a teacher in and the school, German. I heard the kids, uh, they would refer to me as Menon, and I was like, what? I would try to figure out, I would be like, I don't know what they're trying, telling me, What? why are they calling me Menon? And so finally I just asked, and they said, well, um, you look like a Mennonite, like Menonita. <laughs> they said, you look like a Menonita. And so I would be like, and then I realized, oh, the Mennonites, like the ones in, in these colonies that they established, oh, wow. had been there a long, long time. And well, they I come, saw a documentary on that? Yeah, and yeah. they come into the city of Durango to get supplies, and then they go back. They don't mm. intermix with cheese. you know anyone else other than to get their supplies and stuff and go back. And, and only the men speak. Only uh, the men speak Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, the women are. The
3: women speak German. German. They still oh, wow. speak German. Yeah. And,
4: and so uh, then I realized what they were saying because I had this pair of overalls that I yeah, wore at the time. Yeah, that will do it. And that that's a, a lot of what they wear. <laughs> yeah. So the the that that really got it. I mean, I think they just thought, We
3: would it. go to the mercado and the yeah. little ladies would say, ¿En dónde robaste el menón? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> "Lord, No lo robé. Es de Arkansas. <laughs> 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 pues ¿Cómo lo logró? Uh, <laughs> ¿Cómo lo logró? No, es que soy de allá. Oh. ¿Ustedes de allá? Mm-hmm. Because in the northern part of, Mexico in Durango they have green-eyed lighter oh. skinned. Oh really? Because there are small of the towns French influence uh, okay. yeah. in and
4: what are some other um,
3: Santiago Papasquiaro and are little wow. towns
4: around Durango in the state and a lot of when the French came and, and tried to invade Fran- uh, Mexico mm-hmm. yeah. and then they've lost um, some of them just stayed. And they became, well, they, they f- married, were you know, forgotten. Met, the soldiers married. I, you know, I'm Mexican thinking woman.
1: now, am I like dude
4: against friends and yeah they are yeah, kind of like some, yeah. look very some of
3: them are look like me
4: yeah mm. so i think they might have thought well maybe she's you know
3: like. <laughs> and some of them the women some of them are shaped like me too like mm. so it's very interesting so in the north in the south i can't pass but in the north i can well, unless you go to Mexico. but that he can <laughs> never pass, <He> pass. <laughs> and our six foot blonde daughter can never pass either so <laughs> it's like, like,
0: you can pass as like a uh, argentine though I feel like yeah. when you go to Argentina in when the next uh, couple right. weeks, you're gonna
4: be going This is a guy. Our from friend here. actually looks like him. Yeah, she oh, really? she looks like my sister. Our friend that's down there, and she she's like she looks six just like me. Too. She's as tall as I am. She's blonde. Oh wow. Yeah, but her background is her dad's Spanish background, her mom's Italian background. Okay. So I don't know, but somewhere in there, you know, they were.
0: So then y'all were a year in in Mexico, and then oh, did mm-hmm. y'all? Is that is that when y'all made the move to to Rogers or?
3: No, actually, mm-hmm. we uh, went sight unseen. Uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. My mom came to visit us, and she had recently divorced from my dad. And she would said that we were going to stay in Mexico. And uh, she said, well, I really need help. My mom never asked for help. Mm-hmm. I really need help. And <clears throat> I was like, Mom, it's April. I don't think back then foreign language jobs were far and few and far between. There might've been one per giant school. Mm -hmm. And I said, mom, I just don't. We'll come home, but I don't think we'll get a job. She said, well, "Well, you know, whatever God wants us to do, just think about it. So we drive her the nine hours to Monterrey, which was the only airport at the time. And
4: uh, we get back back and there's a
3: letter from our professor and he said, I don't know what you guys are planning to do, but Forest City needs uh, two Spanish teachers, then they'll take husband and wife. And
4: wow. we said, that's the answer.
3: Um, we so it. we were like, okay, mom, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so- So uh, you know where Forest City is,
4: right? Mm-hmm. Over in the Delta. I've, yeah, by I've never been, but I've heard of it. Well, we went
3: it's, there. it's a very, it's a dichotomy, but it's a very, the people are very beautiful. Mm. And so we
4: This is in nineteen eighty two.
3: We called the principal and said we can't come till June. School's not out here till June. He said, Okay, well I've heard great things about you. He hired us sight unseen. Oh
0: wow.
3: And we didn't even know where Forest City. I mean, we'd gone through on forty before, mm. but we didn't even know. So because yeah, I
4: was from Central Arkansas, and she was from northwest Arkansas. So i mean what is forest really city known for is do they have mustangs, mustangs? <laughs> yeah. their
3: basketball team <laughs> and football teams are really really. they're the really kind good. of the
4: largest town in the in that area well west right. memphis is is bigger i think but mm-hmm. it's close to the memphis so okay but back
3: in the day it was known for sanyo and sanyo mm. tvs and things like that it's very rural but it agricultural. left but it's very rice
4: yeah. uh, and cotton, you were there for how long
3: Ooh, s- total mm. seventeen. years. Well,
4: no, oh wow. F- well, no, four years. We went there for four years. We went back to school for three years, and then then we returned to Forest City for ten years, and then we moved to Rogers. Okay, so oh, wow. So we were there for fourteen years, but four, and then ten, with three years in between. And then you
0: moved to Rogers. What year was that? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh wow. So, and that's that's been your home ever since, right? You, mm-hmm. you still live. Yeah, in the we. Yeah. We've been we'll die here there ever since. And, and y'all went uh, unless all we around. get eaten by sharks,
2: <laughs> which is
0: okay. <laughs> what, are you saying like when you go to Chile? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we, go we go, wherever we go, or if we fall
3: off the Andes,
0: <laughs> been a good ride. It'll be
4: their problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then you you all have kind of gone through the the whole. I don't want to say the whole, but like a good a good part of like the Rogers School District. Y'all have been kind of mm-hmm. to different schools and everything, and then y'all both ended up at uh, Rogers Heritage, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe, uh, Mr. Earnhardt, you retired from there. Right,
4: uh, I, I was there from when it opened in 2008 to 2022, a couple of years ago that I retired. I was there from the very beginning of it until then. And then she was there from the time it opened until 2011. So she was there, that you know what, five years? And then went back to school yeah, at U of A. So,
3: and then I finished my career at Lakeside in Springdale.
0: Right. Okay, and I think that's where I saw you because I went to go speak, mm-hmm. and and I saw and I saw you there. Um, going back a little bit to Heritage, um, want to talk a little bit about that. I have a lot of good friends that graduated from there. I think Hairo went, yeah, went he there. Was I believe our kid. He, he graduated from there. I think he was the first or second yeah. class. First, she he had
3: was the, him. Heido was the first. Uh, they were Heido uh Gabby and
4: Gabby you uh, know, Martin uh, and uh, why. Yeah. Magda. Magdali all of them that.
3: were the first graduating class. Okay. No. No wait. Yes. They were the first graduating class from Heritage.
4: Well, in the first year there was not a senior class. The Rogers High had all the seniors. Yeah. Okay. In 2008. So 2009 school year there were no seniors. Then 2010 the s- was the first that's year they, they graduated, graduated seniors. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So You never went to high school over there, huh Mix. You came here already, like, out of high school. Uh, yeah, I mean, I went to college out in California. Okay. And, um, yeah.
3: You missed us. <laughs> yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> I, for some reason, thought you went to school in Rogers because you you were from Rogers, and, and you were hanging out with a bunch of people from Rogers. So Yeah. I
1: well, I wow. live in Rogers. I originally moved to Springdale, oh. and then I moved to Dixon Street for a few years, and then I got out bought a house in Rogers. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So Where? You uh, might be our neighbor. Oh, like uh, Little Mexico, if, if you know where that is. we <laughs> oh, live kind of close. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm kind of by downtown. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He's like, I
0: don't want to give you. Yeah, exact yeah I was that. about to you this. <laughs> Afterward, <laughs> maybe I should Afterward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> so talking about heritage, I I um, I know that y'all were very familiar with Brig too, Brig yeah. uh, Cardwell. So I want to talk a little bit about him. We we've actually done, uh, I think two episodes on him. Uh, oh, okay. We did one with um, Heidel's uh, cousin, Luis, who right. knew him yeah. pretty good too. Mm-hmm. And um, I still like today, even today, like sometimes when I, I'll just Google him and I'll go to his uh, Instagram or I'll go to his Twitter. And um, I know he had deleted his Facebook. So I, I it sucks because I went back to look at, try to look at our conversations just to kind of, you know, uh, remember him a little bit, but that that was gone. But you all knew him personally, too, because he was uh, the community uh, liaison, liaison at yeah, Rogers Heritage High School. Um, can y'all talk a little bit about, about him, like what, what y'all's relationship was with him? And, uh, and also just if y'all did any kind of work together. Um, while we did everything
3: together. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a a lot, we were at school. quite a
4: bit, actually. Um, gosh, uh, well, being in the position he was in was very important because he was kind of the one that connected the kids mm-hmm. outside. Well, if you think of outside of necessarily their school classes they had, of course, he was involved in trying to make sure that, you know, kids, if they had any issues or anything going on, he was always very, you know, that was part of his job, you know, to be uh, finding out what's going on with the kids or what can we do to help, you know, and that's one of the greatest things about him is that he always was uh very good at that you know like finding ways to help people help the kids help the community and keep the school connection between the community and the kids uh, and and the the fact you know and the staff and the people that worked in the school too so um, that was that was the main thing i think that he and he did it so well you know Mm. i mean it was pretty obvious too you know like you could see and especially when he Began to have the issues they had and mm-hmm. all that. That um, people were just flocking to, you know, to help yeah. him too because he was such a great. He
3: was just an awesome human. Mm-hmm. But I taught uh, Native and Heritage speakers, so and then Tom taught AP. I started that later, so after. most of our students were she, Latino mm-hmm. students. We had we would have a Spanish one and two in there mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but. Um, So, our projects always coincided with Briggs projects. Or Mm -hmm. we all would work together to, with the, everything Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. us making, uh, remember we made gum, we printed gum wrappers that was like, we all dream, support the dreamers, call your congressman, and mm. wrapped him around gum and passed it out, mm. you know, when they were voting on the DREAM Act, and, mm. you know, Brig was uh, very new at that time, and was trying to find his way, and I, we, were, we would just say, come on, Brig, just, we'll help you, we'll, mm. we'll show you what, and he would, he started working with the kids, and we had the hip hop team at the time, and oh, right. he really worked with the the hip hop team and helped to promote them. And because you know, it was something that no one in the in Northwest Arkansas had. I think yeah. there were two other hip hop teams well, it, in it, the high school. It was
4: inspired from first with Al Lopez doing the the kids at Rogers break High dancers. break dancers, you know. With Doctor Hurtado. Yeah, way back. We're talking like in the 90s. Yeah. And then when, then and then at Oakdale, uh, when we went there, when she was already there, but then I came in, um, the, there were a group of kids that wanted to start doing that. Oh, yeah, we had And they were inspired from too. the other group. Mm-hmm. And so they're the ones that ended up, when we went to Heritage, because everybody moved that same year. What was interesting is the group of kids that we had at Oakdale, because of the change to... Heritage, we moved with them. And so we were with a group of kids for six years because. And then I went to college Oakdale with them. Yeah, so and then when they, she went to school. So, like Haido, Magda, and all
3: of those guys, oh, yeah. a lot of them were in. Haido wasn't, but a lot of the kids from. Yeah, that's right. Oakdale. You were the Mr. Feeney. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was even uh, the sponsor or yeah. advisor for the SIA.
4: Mm, yeah. a sorority
3: wow. there for a while, and yeah. so which
4: was started by um, mostly by adep- all, girls that had gone to you know Gabi mm-hmm. Caser Magdalena. Yeah, all those people.
0: The um, yeah, I, I I got the opportunity to to meet Brig and 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 do a lot of stuff with him in the community. He hosted that uh, DACA clinic mm-hmm. at Heritage, yep. which I believe you, I saw you there. I, mm-hmm. I believe yep. you were there as as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, everything just happened so quick. You know I, I it did I saw the fundraiser uh, and then um, we visited him at the hospital, and then he passed away the next day, and then mm-hmm. the, the, ne- the day after that was his funeral, and then we had a wedding in San Antonio, so we literally left uh, right from the funeral to san mm-hmm. Antonio yeah. and I was and when we were driving, Myra and I we were like, "What just happened? No. I, I know we were that, too.
3: He, but, we heard yeah. okay, we saw him. Just before Thanksgiving, well, I did. Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom well, had I would see seen him, at school. and, and I saw him, amazing. and I said, "Honey, Brig doesn't look very good." Mm. And then the se- next time I saw him, I said, "Brig, are you okay? Do you need to go to the doctor?" Well, then they went to New York on well, we Thanksgiving.
4: Trip. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: And he came back, and he he looked terrible. And then I saw him at
4: school, literally a few days before he went to the hospital. it was finally just he, you know. I guess they just, you know, I don't know. Was just you got to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I saw him in school, and then the next thing I know, it's like you said, it well, was like, wh- what's happening? You know, he was in the hospital. They called us yeah. and said
3: Brig wants to see you all. Yeah. And we had and, gone, but there were so many people. We, you know, and it's a time for family too. And
2: yeah. I never know how to, you know, do those situations.
3: And uh, so we rushed to the hospital. And it was just before he couldn't talk anymore. Mm. And he called us. And we came. And he wasn't supposed to be talking. Yeah. And I said, Brig, you're not supposed to talk. And he goes, no, I have to talk to you we have to make sure the kids are okay. Will mm. you guys make sure the kids keep being involved? Mm. And <laughs> I was like, Brig, mm. of course we will. You stop talking. But mm. on his deathbed, mm-hmm. he was worried mm. if the children were going to be taken care of. Yeah. And that is, to me, was, and mm. of course, mm. we'll never forget that because that's something that you know, a very, very special human mm-hmm. that is dedicated to the future and dedicated to more than himself would do
2: that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he was always trying to figure out different things. And mm-hmm. He would come to me, he would come to Mayra, like I think he had Mayra and go speak. We spoke, we had the DACA clinic. Mm-hmm. I would go volunteer for the, the parent-teacher conferences. And you know, I have this um, one uh, story that always makes me smile because I, I went to the parent-teacher conferences, and every time I would go, I would try to take a picture just to, like, inspire other people to do it too so they can also go. Like, we need more mm-hmm. um, bilingual translators. And I, and I took a mm-hmm. selfie. And when I was taking it, he saw me take it. And he's like, uh, you're not going to ask me to be in it? So I took, a, <laughs> <laughs> I took a selfie with him. But I think it was that the day, the day before he passed away when we went to the hospital, he wasn't talking at all. Like, he could barely mm. talk. And I forgot exactly what, what, what he told us because it's been a while. But, um, as we were leaving, he got like the, he it felt like he took all his strength to tell us, like, yep. he was like, bye guys. Like, and he didn't sound sick when he said bye guys, mm. but he, he sounded normal, but he wasn't talking the whole time. And then as we were leaving, he was like, bye guys. And we would look back, like, where did that did come that from? Did that really, yeah. did he really, yeah. You know, and, and. Ah, man it was so
3: fast
0: it's it's he was kind of like one of those and i and i put you all in this category too you know as teachers who really go the extra mile to try to help out people the kind of teachers that you see in in those movies like kind of like stand and deliver (laughs) or the freedom riders you know folks (laughs) teachers that kind of go the extra mile for the success of their student that was brig you know and and, Mm -hmm. you know and i've I've talked to some people over there at the school district and and and, and Rogers, you know, all these young Latino, you know, principals or vice principals, and I'm like, y'all kind of like are carrying the torch, Yep yes. in a way. You know, some and they the work know that. it too. Yes, you know, I do. spoke they to Martin really about do. it, uh, and 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 I'm like, I mean, you're kind of carrying the torch that was was uh, was carried by Brig. You know, also several people carried it, right? But Brig was one of the people that carried that torch of just going the extra mile for for their students, and Brandy. uh, and yeah, I just. I always like to talk about him just because there's you always hear these different stories from people that that met him about some time when like he helped them or or Mm -hmm. he said something powerful, like what you just mentioned today. And and yeah, we just wanted to honor him on this on this podcast episode. And y'all have kind of, you know, with y'all's relationship with with students in Rogers Heritage. You all have kind of like created like a group of of students that you still communicate with today, and are kind of like your yeah. children, <laughs> right? Yes, they are. <laughs> how, how, do, how does that how does that come about? If if you want to talk a little bit about that, and and uh, why why is it important to you for you to do that? Oh
4: boy! I
3: think I think truly we came, people say that we taught them, I just can't, you know, if you're a teacher that listens, really listens to your kids and you not don't just hear them, but you listen to them and you see them mm. where they are however they are, Mm -hmm. and try to make your lessons be meaningful to them, and sometimes they choose what they, the angle maybe of the lesson, and you can do that in anything. We just happen to be Spanish, but I think that When you really listen, you grow as a human because of Mm. your students. You learn acceptance because of your students. And so, if you learn, which I think that we've learned, we have been given more than I think we've given.
2: Mm.
3: Like, our kids have given us. You don't, you're not going to understand what an immigrant child is feeling if you don't listen to the immigrant child,
2: mm-hmm.
3: if you don't ask. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, our classrooms were a safe space where they could speak their own language, yeah. their home language, because you all know, just as we do, there are things that sound better and feel better in Spanish. Some things feel better in English. And we were lucky to have that, uh, we were fortunate to have that safe space where kids could come and actually desahogarse, I don't know how to Mm -hmm. say that, but you know, just get it all out. And, um, you know, I know what it's like to grow up in poverty. I know what that's like, not to have, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: but being a white person in poverty and being a brown or black person in poverty is a very different social construct. Mm -hmm. And so even though I could understand some parts of experiences Mm -hmm. i could not understand the like kids that were brought here as children or babies especially in my the hardest ones for me were the kids that came like when we were at oakdale the kids that came that were um came in sixth grade or came in seventh grade and they were in oakdale with us at eight Mm -hmm. And um, and the mourning that they felt by leaving everything and everyone, and realizing in that time period that they weren't going to get to go back
2: mm-hmm.
3: because they didn't have papers to go back. Yeah. So if you don't listen to your children, whatever the experience they come from, you don't grow. And truthfully, we grew as humans, I think we could say, because I think we've always been that kind of human that's going to fight for the underdog anyway. And living in Forest City, working with underserved children and children of poverty that we up in Northwest Arkansas are never going to understand, ever, ever going to understand, and generational poverty. So they taught us a lot in, for a city. We learned so many things that the majority of white teachers don't take the time to learn maybe, mm. or don't take the time to ask. But here, when we came here, we were like, what is our job gonna be? And then we realized we had children. <laughs> Back in the day, we would have young men coming at 15 and 16 that were coming to work in Tyson yeah. that had come from the fields, and they couldn't even—they didn't even know how to hold a pencil. Mm-hmm. I would have <laughs> uh, on to school. I, I would say, Oh, el trabajo no se hace solito, sino. Levantas tu lapis no yeah. funciona. Mm. Okay, I used to just say that and go on. And one time this little boy said, "Es que me no sé escribir."
2: Mm.
3: A poco. No ni sé cómo apoyar o agarrar el lápiz. Mm. So we had special club during lunch. And these certain people were just invited. It was a special club and they learned how to write. So we went from that to and we all assume that everybody knows how to write. We all assume in the United States that everybody knows how to hold a pencil or a pen. Everybody knows how to at least read at a rudimentary age Mm -hmm. stage. Mm -hmm. We assume a lot. We learn from our students never to assume. Mm -hmm. Never to assume what outward appearances. We we learned that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think the thing is is to listen. And if they say help, get up and help them. And then y'all whether it be at three o'clock in the morning, Mom, Ice got my dad, Mm -hmm. Miss Ice got my dad, okay here we come. Mm -hmm. To I need, I don't have money for DACA. Mm. The most heartbreaking thing, I'm just gonna say this and I'll be quiet uh, because there's a lot of things to tell, but. um, (coughs) My daughter teaches Spanish at Lakeside as well and we were raising money. We were selling cupcakes, selling all of these different things to raise money for this, these group, this group of kids that wanted to get DACA. They were actively talking about it, actively, my mom and dad, how do I get the paperwork? Mm-hmm. And we would, were downloading and sending things home, talking to their parents when their parents would ask, and we started raising money for these kids that were mm-hmm. about to turn 16 to get DACA. And then this, all of it went to the Supreme Court. And it
2: was.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, we gave we gave scholarships through like four people. Cause I have a uh, annual scholarship that I do. And we, we <laughs> gave scholarships to four people and they got to their fingerprints. And then mm. they never heard anything. No, right. they got to their fingerprints. And then before they even actually got to show up to do their fingerprints, they got a letter saying that it was I'm on sorry. the ballot, so. Um, And that's
3: one thing that I would, as an educator, and this will get us all emotional. Back in the day, you know, kids couldn't go to college, couldn't get scholarships. Mm -hmm. And there were some places that wouldn't take them or getting a driver's license or getting whatever. There's nothing worse, and you all know it, but there's nothing worse than watching the hope. Train mm-hmm. out of a kids' faith. Yeah. Because they think that there's nothing for them. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And we saw that before DACA. And then DACA, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know, we marched along with everyone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We got DACA. We had party at our house, like mm-hmm. the day DACA, like, <laughs> there, I don't even know how many people came. We were all screaming, I mean, that was Mm. the best day. And then, so there wasn't seeing the hope drain away before DACA, and then we got DACA, and it was like, oh, hope, we've got hope. And now there's a whole load of kids Mm. in our school systems that don't believe that they will ever be able to
0: work. People don't talk about that enough people like i feel like it's kind of gone under the radar where there's so many students right. that uh never qualified for daca because of that uh of its stalling um they put on pause for for uh first time first timers so mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of people right now that i think it's probably been what like maybe like four three or four graduating classes of yeah. undocumented mm-hmm. people uh, that like they haven't been able to get a uh let's let's per se say, say legal job you know uh Because they don't have any kind of status. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's that's sad and scary. And they go to
3: college, but then what?
0: Yeah. Right. They want to be nurses, can't. They want all those different things and Mm -hmm. tuition still, what, uh, three times what it is for a citizen or more maybe by now? Mm -hmm. Um, I
3: don't even know. I know that that with the the law that was passed.
0: The in-state tuition one?
3: uh, The tuition one. It's easier to get tuition, in-state tuition. Mm
0: -hmm. But... If you're on DACA, I think... Not if you're undocumented.
3: But see, that's those are the things that I
0: yeah. I've
3: lost. And I the think
0: it's for documented people, <coughs> uh, which I can I can ask Megan, uh, Representative, former Representative uh, Godfrey, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what that looks like. But I think it's just for documented people. So if you're if you have no status, you still can. Yeah,
3: you can. Oh, see, I thought it was for any kid that graduated from an Arkansas high school. Mm.
0: I'll check just to be that's sure. That's what
3: I think because you know the Walmart. People that work in Walmart, Mm -hmm. well, and um, some at the university whose children are here legally Mm -hmm. but still had to go at the same rate as international students. And that was part of the thing with uh, all of the law, that law. And so um, I think it's... uh, or maybe it's you have to have permission to be here, mm-hmm. but anyway that's just a that's a conversation for another day yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like
0: we can have these conversations and and probably have, go like three hours and uh, just because of 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 time's sake um, mm-hmm. uh, we want to ask you just one more question uh what do you all do to take care of your mental health
3: <laughs> <laughs> We have mental health. Woo!
2: <laughs>
4: Well, right now we're kind of going through a weird period because of having retired. It's been really uh, an adjustment because when you're a teacher, you know, and any teacher can tell you this, If you know, after doing it for a long time, that that your mind has a certain, Mm. you know, way it works and that you're Mm. constantly thinking about what's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing or, you know, I'm planning this, planning that. Or just it's always like that because you can't really stop, totally stop, even if they think, oh, you have this summer time you're still thinking about, you know, mm. the next year you? or what different thing can you do? So, uh, it's been weird for us to try to adjust to that because it's, it's like you, your, your brain's not in that mode after years and years of it. And so we're just trying to just figure out what, what direction to go in Makes and sense. to, and, and I think we talked about it a little bit earlier before you started recording this, but, mm. um, you know, like finding things to do that and, and help. In the community and mm. and just some things you could be involved in and active in to still be doing something because you can't just one thing i learned from this is kind of a family member uh, older that said you know you can't the, when you get older and you start to get into like say your sixties, 70s you know you're getting to that age you have to keep moving because if you don't then you're that's when people end up having so many issues you know oh, and obviously yeah. there's things that can happen but but like that's where you have issues where you you don't you're just gonna sit you're just not going to be able to move you have to be yeah. physically you have to keep going physically but also mentally mm. so we're we're working on that we've traveled <laughs> a lot here in the last year or two that's and good. and and we're still planning to do some more so that's really good but it's you just have to find your way to what you can yeah. do and
3: it's really interesting you' <coughs> saying that that you know we're almost sixty five <coughs> And we're trying to figure out our life again. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, and like where you fit in in life and uh-huh. in because we've always been active, yeah, in always, and we've always been in an advocacy role. And people are like. I'm going to say this, we're not dead yet. Um, (laughs) People think, oh, well, they're retired. Let's let them rest. Mm. Well, they don't understand that we're retired, but we're not dead. I feel better. (laughs) You know, it's like.
0: uh, I think it's important to point that out, though, that retirement doesn't mean we're just going to chill now.
3: That we sit and, you know, like uh, I was working part time for Carnegie Learning for a while. Mm -hmm. He started subbing, and uh, that's good for him. And right. he gets to do some new things. Yeah. but I've now I'm and not working at Carnegie, and so mm-hmm. now I'm like, well, what am I gonna do?
0: Oh, well, I'm yeah. excited to, to hear what what you all. Maybe we can do this again, and we can get an update from you all in a few uh, months. I'll, Just see what
1: y'all doing. I was gonna say, I read the other day on a really important magazine. I'm, I'm thinking it was Instagram, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they, they say that. Uh, that the way that your mom can live longer is by you, hi, the more you hang out with your mom, the longer mm. she'll live. Aww. Mm. Yeah, and then I uh, also have one question for you, sir. When did the fro come off?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, uh it kind of was still there in different forms, you know, like when they had the mullets in the 80s. Oh I kinda yeah, had, you know, I kind of <laughs> had it going and then down farther in the back <laughs> <Yeah. and> stuff. <laughs> Uh, and but then, you know, I mean, you got to just admit that at a certain point, you know, you start to kind of get, you know, your uh, hair is not as like thick and all that <laughs> as it used to be. So it just eventually, you know, now you can kind of see the little holes in there <laughs> <laughs> on my head. But since I'm tall, that helps oh because oh, yeah. I'm way what up he here and then people just see from <laughs> down here. <Good laughs> so time. I don't see what I have, don't have on top. He
3: chooses to have it shorter. I wish he no. would have it a little <laughs> longer. During COVID, he couldn't get it cut. Um, so he had the big foot oh, But, it, out, was right? a but it did not fro. look the same as it did no, it a <laughs> long time ago <laughs> still. It was the white uh, hair. Yeah. Uh, Kind of, you know, the gray
4: uh, hairs. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, twirl when you have curled, well wavy hair, either I have wavy so. hair, you know, that's why it was always like that. And then, but when it gets gray, it kind of doesn't curl as much, so it just okay. kind of goes. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that kind of makes it look a little. Old.
3: But I like it a little longer than this. Hey. I think <laughs> I like it a little bit longer. Yeah, but. but
4: Hair but he
3: doesn't he he doesn't want to deal with it. You know the yeah. thing about sense. putting a button buttoning shirts yeah, and yeah, yeah. tying <laughs> shoes that we don't deal with that anymore. I
1: know? feel like I have my hair long because I don't want to deal with. Oh. it. You know? <laughs> yeah, because you
4: can see you have. You know, yeah, yeah, I you mean know I could. either
1: put it to one side or I put a headband on. I'm done, and then I yeah. will have to go get a haircut every two weeks because it got a little out of hand. You know. <laughs> 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 It's always at a hand. I appreciate
0: you making making time for this conversation. Oh. I feel oh, like we can go you. on for three hours. Oh, uh, boy. We, but know, for time's sake. Know, and, we probably we yeah. could. We can talk a lot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there's there's a lot to talk about. But, yeah, maybe, like, in a few months, I would love to have you all back and just to kind of. Sure. Well, I'll give you all a year because I don't want to put too much pressure on You have to do something <laughs> in a few months. We'll but,
4: we have to. We'll uh,
3: figure out. We'll. Uh,
4: We'll come back and talk about our Argentina and Chile. Hey, that'd be <laughs> fun. <laughs> that'd be yeah. fun.
3: Yeah, this time we're going to, <laughs> we're going to Buenos Aires. To, and yeah, and then we're gonna
4: going travel to go there
3: and drive across. Come to back Santiago, with friends. our, our yeah. son, yeah. we
4: call him our hijo chileno. And then we'll chileno. go over the Andes. Yeah. I would Last love time we were that. in the
3: winter there,
4: yeah. and, it's really cool.
3: and we went over the Andes in a double decker bus on top, mm-hmm. and it was winter. And, and
4: Claudio, our hijo chileno that we we mm. talk about, he was like. What are you doing? He said, "You're going to get stuck on the highway up there." We're like, the "Yes." Like he said, "You can fly." And we, no, we want to be on the ground so we can see everything. Uh, you
3: don't study going. that for your whole entire life and then fly yeah. over it. Yeah. You touch everything. And he you was can. like, "Okay."
4: Mm-hmm. And luckily, we didn't get stuck. But and when we got back, he was like, "Okay, we got, we got through it."
0: All. Well, I'm excited <laughs> to hear whatever update y'all provide when y'all come back. Okay.
4: Um, but but
0: thank you all for being here, and I, I'm just excited about people to kind of maybe learn more about about you that they didn't know. Because, I mean, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that you all mentioned today, just about, oh. like, how you all met, uh, how how you all started getting uh, empathetic towards, you know, like, the the dreamer community here. I think it's important for people to know. And there's still, I think, like, the work never ends, really. I mean, there's still, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we've we done a lot of good work, but it's like, there's still a lot. There's still I those kids. Calmed, I
3: think we kind of come, I think we got to get just, just those of us that have been in the yeah. old, uh, those of us that have been since you were a baby and we were less <laughs> old, you mm-hmm. know, I think the thing is, is that we all were working really, really hard because it seemed like there was a, mm-hmm. there was hope. And now it's just like, I don't mm-hmm. even know where to start
2: Yeah.
3: now, you know, because there we have, we're going into a generation now where mm-hmm. we've got a because I'm never going to forget that little boy. Jorge was his name. Mm-hmm. I'm never for, going to forget his face when I said, it's going to the Supreme Court. They yeah. they won't let you apply. Mm. And mm. So you're graduated we get the college. Together, you know, right? So
4: you're saying we need to get it even mm-hmm. the band hard, together, right? That's what you're saying. We need to get- We need to get even harder than ever. I mean, and
3: so now we've really got to-
0: I mean, we have there, there's there's a younger generation that's that's wanting to organize too, but they don't have if we don't if we don't tell them like, hey, this is what we've done, this is what worked, this is what didn't work, they don't know where to start either. Maybe right? that right.
3: will be a niche we need to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we, we'll follow up with that. Uh, but once again, mm-hmm. thank you both for being here. I oh, really appreciate it. Thank here. you for We will Always
3: help however we can.
0: And for everybody listening, that was episode two hundred and twenty seven of the District Three podcast. My name is Edavine and Dub uh, Miggs. And these were the Arnharts, Mr. Arnhart and Dr. Arnhart, who oh, joined us, yeah. who joined us uh, very for this episode. <laughs> but for everybody listening, we'll catch you all next week.